Welcome to Uncoupled with Ra and Dot. I'm Dot, and today I'm here with one of my favorite moms. We have some inclement weather, so that means Ra is out there working like the provider, good father, and awesome man he is. Yeah, he made me say that. So... (laughs) Welcome to Uncouple. It's Dot. And like I said, Ra's not here. I'm here with one of my favorite moms. This is Harmony from Parenting with Harmony. Hey. So today we're going to do our village building series, which is when we bring a mom in and we talk about her co-parenting story. And then we just build a conversation off of there. So let the people know who you are and what you do. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, I happen to be a parenting and relationship coach. Oh, look at that. So uh, (laughs) those are my specialties. Um, And I really enjoy being able to have conversations like this. I think most of the time it's with my clients Mm -hmm. um, and colleagues. So not often do I get to have it with other moms. Right. Uh, which makes the special. So, um, yeah, so parentingwithharmony.com is my website. Mm-hmm. Um, all things parenting, but specifically the things that really make me passionate about parenting, which happens to be co-parenting. Mm-hmm. I teach a very popular parenting class called Parenting with Love and Logic. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps families to see that they don't have to be the bad guy when it comes to parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, they can actually let the consequences uh, be be the bad guy or at least to step away from some of those um, more negative connotations to just let the consequences be the teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. And not have to feel like you are constantly the person that's just on your kids. Um, So so I love teaching that. I also teach CPR because I think it's important. All parents should have these skills when we're raising children, whether they're little or older. Um, And also, you know, now that there um, is more of a need for babysitting and childcare, a lot of families are at home. There's also the babysitter's training which I think is great for ages nice. 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. So if you have young children that are interested in babysitting and creating a business around it, there is the American Red Cross Babysitter's Course. I know a so lot of people cute. took it back in the day. Um, <laughs> and it is still very fun, but it gives them the business basics of being able to really create a platform for themselves and to be able to support their community. Um, so okay, well, amazing. damn, Harmony. <laughs> and Jesus is coming on my show. No, <laughs> I know I did though I totally appreciate you like to be honest like we were sitting here so Harmony is um the teacher for our homeschool co-op and today's Tuesday when we're recording this so usually that's our day to like sit and check in so we're talking and I couldn't get the podcast equipment to work yesterday for my other friend And I'm like, you know what, girl, let me try this podcast equipment again, because we should be having this conversation in front of a mic. Yes. So I really appreciate you being present for this. And tell us a little bit about your co-parenting story. Yes. So my daughter is now 13. The girl. Um, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I love that she's 13, though. I think when she was smaller, I was like, I'm going to hate that age. Oh, my God, it's going to be so scary. But then I realized it's because other moms were telling me that. Right. They were like, my daughter is so out of control she's so hormonal she's doing all these crazy things and I was just like oh teenagers Scary. Right. um but because
because I've had the privilege of parent coaching families with teenagers, Mm -hmm. I realized, you know what? It's not really that the child is what the problem is. A lot of times it is the way parents are approaching parenting their Mm -hmm. teenagers. Absolutely. So I decided to approach parenting my teenager from a place of like, let me remember when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and be as relatable as I can right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on the day and how I choose to look at it, her father is not currently in the picture. Mm -hmm. However, even though, um, we did decide to separate when she was two and I decided, you know what, I think I'm just going to do the co-parenting thing. It'll be all right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the marriage didn't work out the way that we had anticipated it to. And so life moves on. I recognized very early that we saw parenting very differently and we were bringing in the things that we either said that we loved or hated about how we were parented, but Mm -hmm. nonetheless, it was all getting in there. Right. And it was just a total mess. So, um, so being the, early parent coach that I was even at that time I was like you know I don't necessarily want her to be an experiment you know what I mean I don't want us just throwing stuff at her so let's utilize this parenting program parenting with love and logic to go parent her he wasn't on board dad wasn't feeling it he was like I don't want somebody else to tell me how to parent her I'll do just what I want to do when she's at my house so what was your now what moment you know, I had the tools. Yeah. Like I said, I was introduced to the Parenting with Love and Logic curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I knew like, okay, so I'm not out here by myself doing this. You know what I mean? I right. have this whole curriculum and program that I can use. And yeah, maybe like not every single thing exactly the way that it's offered will work for her, but it allows you to um, critique and to customize it to fit your child. Right. So. I just decided from my side of it, because he was right, I my roof does not extend over his house, mm. right? So I cannot expect my rules, the way that I do things, to be the same way that he does things, mm-hmm. nor did I want him to do that to me. Right. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do the best I can do when she's over here with me and give her the best parenting, the best version of myself, take classes, read books, watch videos, and just make sure she's getting my best version mm-hmm. when she's over here and let let that speak volumes when she goes over there. Side note, there really needs to be more conversation around Black parents specifically mm. getting the books, right. watching the videos. Mm-hmm. Like, it is okay to get help right. when it comes to parenting because mommy and daddy made you how you are now. And mm-hmm. you're just essentially, <laughs> you know, regurgitating that onto your child and being like, oh, you act just like your mother. Well, of course I would act yeah. just like my mother if that's the only example that mm-hmm. I have. Right. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I really want to let people know, like, that's okay. doesn't mean you're a shitty parent. That actually means that you're trying to be the best possible parent that exactly. you could be. Exactly. You know, because we have to learn. Right. We have to learn. Um, my mom was not giving me any pointers. And mm. even though my grandma raised me and she was kind of like a savior when it came to my my mom, my mom is how she is because of my grandmother's parenting mm. and so on and so on and so on. And I had to stop the cycle and I had to read the damn books. Right. <laughs> I had to read the books. Yes. I had to get in the circle with people who were having these conversations and exchanging this information and not feeling bad about it. Yeah. Because a lot of times what happens is that we get shamed into parenting a yeah. certain way. Oh, you don't beat your kid? Right. Like, no, I don't beat my children. But yes, the books. Yes. <laughs> you yes. did the things. I did yes. the things. I went to the seminars. Yes. You know, and even... 
I want to speak to your comment about um, Black people being more open to reading the books and doing the things. And right. of course, I call us Asiatics. I know that we're Moorish Americans. Those yeah. of us who live in this um, country and lack the, the identity of our nationality here. So right. I understand that th- that the only thing that we that separates us from that information is our mindset about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have access to that information now. It is definitely available, but I think oftentimes we shame each other. Mm-hmm. We look at each other funny. We I can't tell you how many times I was the only brown skin girl mm-hmm. in those environments. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm looking around at all these European women who are getting and doing all of the things when it came to parenting. Mm -hmm. And then I got to look further into their private parenting lifestyles as their coach Mm -hmm. and see that their children were not giving them the same problems as our community was experiencing within their homes with their children. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't always because they had more money and it wasn't always because of the, um, you know, uh, disproportionate opportunities and things like that. There became something very sacred about what happens behind closed doors in your home with you and your kids. Mm -hmm. And looking at that from a wider perspective, I realized I want to have a healthy relationship with my child. What were some of the things you saw in those households that don't happen in Black households? I'm like genuinely curious. Absolutely. I love actually having this conversation because, number one, it is always um, important to identify that there are um, determining factors sometimes that set us up in certain situations when it comes to parenting. For Mm -hmm. sure, how we were parented Mm -hmm. has the most uh, immediate effect but also our ability to take in information and to implement that information in our families or within our communities that looks different than the norm of those families and communities. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I know often looks different than our norms in our communities that I noticed in um, the European communities or in those families' homes is that children are allowed to speak. Mm -hmm. Children are allowed to say what they have to say. There's nobody saying you're a child and stay in a child's place. There's nobody saying you don't get to talk or because I said so with no explanation. Mm -hmm. And I found that very empowering to see that um, a lot of times and not just European families, because I also had Asiatic families, melanated families Mm -hmm. who had read the books and done the things who I was also coaching. And I saw them taking on that same approach of like your child is a very sacred being. Yeah, they are a person in and of themselves. Oftentimes they are ancestors revisiting this life Mm -hmm. and doing it all over again. So how we honor them. By, by giving them room to use their throat chakra, right. by making it something that is sacred and safe for them to do and teaching them the appropriate way to do it. Safety. You know, sometimes what I hear from uh, melanated women is, I don't want my child to disrespect me. Or I see the way that like Tommy and Timmy talk to their mom in the store on the television shows where they have like these teenage girls or mm-hmm. and they're like, I hate you mom and slamming doors. I'm not talking about that. A lot of that is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But for the families that that does happen in, that's not, that's not healthy. That is toxic. Right. That's something that definitely happens in their communities. Right. And it's out of hand and it's toxic. That's not what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about hearing a child be told, I understand that you want that right now, but right now is not the time for that. And then to hear the child say, that's not fair, but I want it. But that child is expressing themselves and learning how to advocate for themselves. Absolutely. in our community, we cannot do that. And it's also just like, because I fucking said so. Exactly. Exactly. And that part 
it really irks me. I remember I was so, I didn't even realize how traumatized I was from my upbringing. My dad was military and we were definitely not allowed to just say whatever we wanted to say. We had specific times of the month where we had a family meeting and a portion of the family meeting where we could speak openly without being chastised. That wow. that, that was my upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I remember the first time that I was nannying um, for a family and I heard the child talk back. I ducked. <laughs> I expected oh that there was going to be a shoe, a broom, oh, no. a belt, a plate. Something was going to come flying from somewhere in that house. Oh my God. When I heard this child smack their lips, turn their neck, like roll their eyes, they did all of the things that we have been taught is disrespectful and that we're not allowed to do if we want to live. Right. And so as I'm watching, I'm like, <laughs> oh wow. This is going to be interesting. I'm waiting for Susan to like have an opinion and be very like clear with this child that that was not appropriate. Right. She just kept on washing dishes. Wow. I almost wanted to go and tap her on her shoulder and be like, um, did you you hear what he just said? Right. Did you see all the attitude he just gave you? Right. But I just, I just watched and he continued to like throw his tantrum and be upset. And she just kept on washing dishes. And then at one point in time, he stopped flapping around the floor, wiped the snot from his face and like, you know, went to the bathroom and washed his face and then just, you know. And then once he was gone, I saw her finally cut her eyes and be like, whew, he's gone. So I was like, so she was holding back. It wasn't like she was just ignoring it. She definitely had feelings about how he was expressing himself, but she didn't stop him. And then when we got to the dinner table and it was time to eat in a very calm and compassionate way, she said, you know, Tyler... I realized that earlier when mommy told you that it wasn't time for us to do that activity that you got really upset. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling right now? Mm -hmm. And in a very calm tone, he was like, well, I, you know, and I didn't like that. And and this, and then she was like, okay, I hear you. Would it help you if I wrote out a schedule for you so that you could know when is the time and day that that's happening so you could anticipate it? Right. Now he's like five. Mm -hmm. So I could see him going, write me a what? But in the moment of, like, compassion, he was just like, yes, like, nodding his head. She's like, okay, after dinner, we'll do that. Right. And then she just let it slide. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Like, that's the way that we need to, we have to start learning how to parent in. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I really am, I'm constantly patting myself on the back, even on the days that I feel like, I'm not doing the best I could possibly do is that Dylan tells me how she feels. Mm. Dylan tells me how she feels. And she also comes to me when she feels unsafe and just remembering my upbringing. I never, I mean, no, I told them how I felt through screaming, tearful rampages, Mm. like up until my late twenties, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, I never felt safe enough to go to my parents and she, you know, she feels safe to come to me because I allow for her to speak. And like those moments when we're, um, quietly gritting our teeth through the tantrum is creating trust between our children. Absolutely. You know, a lot of a lot of what happens is that we silence them in those moments and tell them like how you're emoting right now is not okay. Like how you feel doesn't even matter because you're inconveniencing me right, right. now. Right. Um and I had to I have to check myself with that. Yeah. I have to check myself with that. Especially like Dylan, Dylan's my fire sign child. Aww. Well they're both fire signs, but she's my Aries. Mm. And you know, and she when she gets in that bag, she gets into it mm. and my empath wants to fight with her 
And I want her to stop inconveniencing me in that mm. moment. But I also don't want her to not feel safe. Right. You know, so Susan was really, really doing that. But mm-hmm. I think I think sometimes what we do as a community is that we look at other communities that shun us and we're like, y'all shunning us, but look at how your kids talk to you. Right, right. Look at how your kids go to the, the high school and shoot the high school up. Right, right. Not understanding that, like, Making space for your kids is very different than raising them in a toxic environment where they don't understand boundaries or even know. Right. Because the latter is what causes, um, you know, some of these school shootings. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that's dope. Yeah, I I continued to observe. I continued to educate myself, watch the, you know, um, the... Uh, the documentaries about, you know, just different ways to parent, Mm -hmm. um, went to seminars and then I started traveling and seeing how people parent in other countries and Mm -hmm. getting invested in like, I can't be the only person going through what I'm going through. Like there have to be other people co-parenting with a knucklehead, you know, that they get through it somehow, you know? And I started looking for those vulnerable stories of people who were successful and they were co-parenting or they were were single parents, but they had a method to what they were doing Mm -hmm. and how they were raising their children. So after years and years and years of doing that, and plus having that parenting program, I started noticing that the people around me, their children, when they would ask me, like, what do I think about, uh, you know, a moment where they maybe popped off at the mouth or did something like, oh, I really wanted to hit him because he was doing this. And then they asked me genuinely, like, what do I think? I was able to start sharing, like, why don't you try this? Yeah. Why don't you try that? Because it has to come from a space where people trust you. Yeah. You can't just be walking around telling people how to parent their kids. Yeah, that part. You will get a shoe <laughs> or a fist right. or a door in your face. Oh, you know what, what I mean? Who do you think you are? Like, or that. Go or that. that way. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So if you don't want that, right. you know, you do have to organically have um, healthy relationships with your friends and family members in order for them to feel safe. Again, that safety yeah. to come to you and be like, oh, my God, I'm still dealing with this with this child. What you, you know, and they want your help with it. Yeah. And then to know that you have done the work yourself, you're not just giving empty advice. Mm-hmm. You've done the work yourself and seen the outcome be positive with other people. Of course, nothing is one size fits all. Right. But for you to be able to say, why don't you try this? And people ask me about that story that I told you, like, well, that was it. You know, she didn't do nothing else to him. You know what I mean? After he did all that, actually she did. After, you know, they sat down after dinner and wrote out the little list or whatever, and she let him color it. And then they went and put it on the wall and he got to tack it up there. And he felt so proud about what he did. She was like, now I want to talk to you about how you were expressing yourself earlier. You know how, when you were like kicking and screaming and, you know, throwing that whole tantrum and mommy wasn't speaking to you. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I didn't like that. And she was like, yeah, well, because when you want to talk to somebody, you can't communicate like that. Mm. And here's how I would appreciate you communicating me if you want me to respond to you. Mm-hmm. I need you to be able to be a big boy, to use your words, to be respectful, and to think about what you want to say before you say it. You know, do you think you can do that? Let's practice. So mm. now she's doing it away from the, is- the issue. We've isolated now into a teachable moment where they just did a loving activity together, mm. where this is about him. And she's teaching him, this is how you communicate with me. So then when the next time he's throwing a tantrum and everything and she's ignoring him, you know what came into his mind? Wait a minute. Let me try the thing that she said. Yeah. So then when he came over and tapped her and was like, excuse me, mommy. And she's like, oh, yes. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to tell you that I didn't like when you said that I couldn't do such and such. And she's like, I know, honey. Would you like to help me with dinner? Mm-hmm. She's not compromising. She's not changing it. She's not giving in. She said what she said. I wonder what brings somebody to that point. So was she doing the books and the seminars she was. and the therapy? Because mm-hmm. you was. have to you have to be in a mind state to be able to do that. Absolutely. You have to decondition yourself mm-hmm. from how you were raised. Right. And then you have to put back some new information. So I'm listening to Susan do the thing and I'm like, wow, Susan's a superhero. Right. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I, you know, I would have got to the point, I would have ignored the tantrum. I would have had the conversation. I get iffy around um, creating a solution from the problem. Mm. That's where I get iffy because I'm still managing my anger. My anger is not limited to just people in the street. My anger spills over to anybody. So, like, once I've, I've I've gotten through like, oh, yes, I made it through the tantrum. Okay, and now we can have the conversation. It's easier to find solutions with Dylan because she's older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Zozo, it's just like, yo, man, like, chill. Like, you know, right, like, right. Yeah, I don't know what to do with him yet. <laughs> right, right. You know, but um, that's what I'm saying. So she, she was able to create like, for lack of a better term, like a whole content calendar mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. this one tantrum. Right. You know, which is dope, which is dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I feel like what I learned also as I, you know, questioned her in depth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once all the kids were done for the night and everybody's sleeping, I'm like, oh, so. she has multiple kids and she's, she's mm-hmm. paying attention to the one mm-hmm. that way. Yo, and that's why I be telling people, stop having all these damn babies. Right. Because that is a lot of work for one child. Right. How many did she have? She had three. Jesus. Yeah, she had three. My God. What yeah, was- so for, for him, when I sat down with her to be like, so tell me more about these revelations, you know, that she's, that you have. She was speaking to like a big part of parenting for her Mm -hmm. was the gift of getting to know her children. Absolutely. And she's like, when you ignore who your children are and you put them in a box of who you want them to be, you miss out because they're going to show you every time they're not that. Yes. And just like we wouldn't appreciate that Mm -hmm. as people, especially when we're in jobs and people are trying to force us to be somebody we're not. We're like, this is how I'm showing up. You know what I mean? I mean, accept me or not, children don't have that. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to her say, oh, yeah, he's anal retentive. You know, he needs things to be perfect. Like, look the way he plays. He has this personality type and he does mm-hmm. things like, I'm like, you got all of that from your child? Absolutely. I'm like, oh, why did I ever think you couldn't know your kid like that? Yo, I, that was the biggest thing that I learned about, like, these are these are just mini adults mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and they have their own. And it goes back to my point of like not having too many kids. You have to learn each of these people yeah. and you have to tailor your parenting Absolutely. to each of these people. Absolutely. Dylan and I get into it all the time. Well, why didn't you do that to Alonzo? Well, number one, he's four. Mm-hmm. And number two, Alonzo doesn't do this thing yet to do. Not that that's not a bad thing, right. but he has to do something different. Like I was saying in terms of Dylan and Alonzo mm-hmm. just being different people. Right. I was also having a conversation with Ra, like, I do want another child before I'm 40, so clock is definitely mm-hmm. ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it don't come, it ain't coming. Right. But... <laughs> No, I don't want any more kids, but if it happens before 40, fine. Got you. Right. 
But even that third one, like, I don't know who you are coming yeah. in to mess up, like, our dynamic. Because mm-hmm. I will leave you at the fire station. Oh. Like, <laughs> don't, don't come in here with the nonsense. It could be, oh. Rod even said he could be Damien. Yes, it could be. Wow. I don't want it. Like, because I got to learn. Damien. I got to learn Damien. Yeah. You know, yeah. what spells I got to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to keep that at bay. It's true. <laughs> but that's dope, yo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I took that into my parent coaching I took that into my parenting I think I was the most disappointed in my parenting when I tried to show that to my family mm-hmm. like no 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 I don't spank her and yeah. they're like what right you know especially coming from a religious family I was a you know preacher's kid my dad was very old school plus military so mm-hmm. like not only do we get spankings but he, my mother was the Southern belle who like took the switches off the tree and braided them together. Oh my! And then God. my Not father, the right? And then my <laughs> father was like the city roller from Cleveland who looked who ripped the paddle ball off the paddle. Oh no! And like that was his means of disciplining us. So we had this interesting dynamic going on in my family where I knew that. What we now consider, well, what we've been considering corporal punishment, mm. I'm coming from an education base in terms of my ideology around parenting and being a caregiver, working in preschools for 15 years. Like, I, you can't touch people's kids. So I'm thinking, why do we do this to our children again? And like, what are you trying to teach them except that you're angry, you're big, and the way you deal with that anger is by physically harming them. Thank God for millennials. Like, yes. don't let nobody say nothing about you being a millennial because hmm. I'm an older millennial and we are doing some amazing things in Absolutely. terms of parenting. I just read a dope article on Huffington Post that said millennial parents are a new age of parents because we are more concerned about the feelings, thoughts, and emotions of our children. Mm. And our children are learning themselves more mm-hmm. in comparison to the generation prior because we, when we grew up, we knew what was happening wasn't right. Right. And it's like we were breaking the cycle genetically. Yeah. Some of us are still very much in the cycle. Mm-hmm. But uh, kudos to those who aren't. Right, right. <laughs> so um, I wanted to move um, into relationships really quick. Okay. Because, again, prior to us having this conversation, we were talking about accountability. So, um, you know, it's funny. One of, uh, I'm, I forget who it was, but somebody asked me, like, are all your friends like this? And I'm like, yeah. They're all in the same place that I'm at because that's, you know, who you hang out with is where you're going in life. Mm -hmm. You know, so we were having a a conversation about accountability and she was like, well, however you need me to show up for you, I'm going to show up. Like, I don't know if you're going to be able to take it. I don't know if you're going to be able to dish it. And in my mind, I was like, ooh, give it to me. (laughs) I want to hear it. Rob's going to love it. So just based on... What you've seen thus far, what are some of the things you think that I could work on? Well, let's start with the love first. Okay. <laughs> what are some things that you think that I'm doing well as a coach? And then what are some of the things you think that I could do better? Absolutely. So as I put on my coach hat now, officially, <laughs> I like to always tell people, I never tell people about themselves. Mm. I tell people what they ask me to tell them. Because Mm. when you walk around telling people about themselves, you often are in a spirit that can be um, abrasive to other people. I'm guilty of that. When you take it upon yourself to tell them something they didn't ask you in the first place. Right, right. Right? So I really honor... I don't just walk around telling people about themselves. Mm -hmm. I answer questions Mm -hmm, that people mm -hmm. ask me directly about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, as a relationship um, coach, 
and a parenting coach, which the distinction is a lot of people come to me about love, about intimate relationships, about business relationships, about friendships, about the neighbor that's getting on their nerves. And then there's a totally separate dynamic when it comes to parenting and the right. relationships that happen within the construct of a home. So in separating the two, mm-hmm. we as parents have this beautiful, like, um, uh, balance of both, right? We sometimes are operating out of our parenting relationship, you know, right. from us to our children and to our partners. And then other times we're operating out of this space that like, I'm still a parent, but as a parent, I still have personal relationships. I have love relationships and romantic relationships. Our parenting oftentimes has an effect on our intimate relationships and our personal and private relationships. Mm. And the way that I see that show up for you is, and, and for a lot of parents, might I say, don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> go ahead. As, as unique as people really think they are, which right. I would love to tell you that you're so different that there's nobody else in the in I'm the not. whole world going through what you're going through. Right. The reality is that that's not true. Right. That we are repeating the same situations over and over and over again all over the world. So with that be, being said, what I notice a lot of times for you is that your strengths in your parenting show up in your strengths in your personal relationships. The way that you're able to um, be really relaxed with your children, letting them be themselves, allowing them to make mistakes, allowing them to just like converse with you the way that they need to tell you what they're feeling in the moment. As your friend, I also get that from you. It's like, man, if I would have got that from my mother, Mm -hmm. it would have been so great. And like, and, and, certain elements I got that from my mom, but I want that a lot from my female friends. I Mm want to be able to just show up as me and not have to worry that like, oh, now I've wounded you somehow because I was just trying to be myself. Right. Um, So the way that you make space for your children in this very like gentle and intimate way shows up in the way that you make space for your friends. And I think that there are things that you learn as a parent with your children that you take into those relationships and it benefits everybody because right. I have friends who have no children and I just look at them sometimes. <laughs> like, did you really think that was going to... Is that okay? Like, like, what is going on right. right now? How did you not know? Right. And then I talk to my friends that have kids on like a similar subject and they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. I'm like, see, see? Like, how did this other person not get it? It's because in a parenting relationship you are constantly working and reforming these particular personal skills when it comes to communicating when it comes to the changes in people's mood swings when it comes to you know meeting someone's needs you're constantly doing that and you're getting a lot more practice a lot faster than people who don't have children or are not in situations where they're a caregiver or caretaker right as opposed to um some of the things that I notice um, in terms of your the way that you show up in your personal relationships that complement your parenting is that you also have the ability to, to do the opposite, where you can see something happening with your children and be like, all right, you know what, that's their stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let them have that. Similarly, how you do that with your friends. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm probably not even here to, to fix this problem for you. You just need to vent and tell me what it is, and so yeah, go ahead and get it out. That's all I had space for today, and thank you. Right, right. <laughs> I was about to say, in that aspect, 1,000%, but sometimes, it, especially with my kids or in my relationships where I see something so clearly, mm. um, it is. I do have to continuous, it's a continuous um, 
internal dialogue of right. like that's not your thing mm-hmm. that's not your thing <laughs> they have to learn that like you know right, right. It, but I, I the fixer in me yeah wants to hold my friend's hands through it wants to hold my children's hands and with my children it's a little bit different because I right. can like hold their hand and be like okay this is where I have to I have mm. to step back right here and you keep doing okay good like with Zozo right now um independence mm. like putting your he's four and doesn't know how to put pants on right you know what i mean and and that's our fault sure because he's the youngest and he was a preemie so Mm. we are traumatized by him coming so early we again i say it all the time we took him home at four pounds raheem really used to walk around with him in his hand my goodness and i think for both of us we remember that how scared we used to be and you know he was chilling but we were like what are we gonna do with this little (laughs) you know so even now we've enabled him sure to do a lot of like um not to do a lot but to do nothing Mm -hmm. so now we're in a space of like okay put your socks on uh put your pants on and he's steadily putting both legs in In one one pants yes oh my (laughs) gosh (laughs) right but but we have to encourage him to be independent in Mm. that way because we've created this monster you know what i mean uh Cause at four, Dylan was out here like, "Can I cook?" Like, no, <laughs> no, you can't. Right, <laughs> Relax. Right. Oh my god. Dylan's already like, "So when can I move out?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Chill." Right. <laughs> like, relax. Totally different energy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But Love yes, it. I hear you. I hear you, and uh, I appreciate you for um, being present to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I also see. Um, you know, another one of the strengths or the things I would say you're doing right is that you also show up as you. You make space for people to do that, but you do that and you model it well. Mm-hmm. The level of transparency that you have, mm-hmm. the level of your ability to advocate for yourself, just just being a, a constant example of like, this is what healthy friendship looks like. And yeah. even when it's in moments when you're like, I'm actually going to check myself about something that I did recently. Or mm-hmm. actually, you know what, how I handled that, I wouldn't have handled that had I I known this over here or now that I've had time to think about it the fact that you reflect the fact that you self-analyze like you're doing this self-work that shows up very vividly where we can see like wow this is a sister that like actually works on herself like Mm -hmm. constantly and can verbalize it in a way that makes us all feel like you know what maybe I did beat myself up a little bit too much the other day and like here's how I can now make amends with myself about it and then be able to be honest with somebody else about you know what on that day I was tripping yeah and although it doesn't make it any better here's where I was and so here's why I'm apologizing and just being very clear about that yeah um I can really appreciate that um in in one aspect with that to again thank you uh I'm very much so like Alonzo don't care but Dylan (laughs) you know Dylan I let her know like mommy's in a mood Mm, you know mm -hmm. I tell her because I used to see my mom battling depression um without the aid of eating right without the aid of self-awareness without Mm -hmm. the aid of therapy wow and um you know, I still have some of those patterns. So when I'm in a mood, I let her know, like, right. this is not about you. Right. This is mommy's mood. And I'm going to do the things that uh, I'm going to take the time out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go feel my feelings. Right. And then I create the boundary around my space. Yeah. Like, don't go in my room. I'm in my room right now. Don't come in my room. I need my space right, right. now. What y'all need? 
okay, let me do the things that y'all need, but now I'm telling you what I need. Right. So when she starts getting in her mood, I'm like, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Do you need to go feel your feelings? Let's figure out what you need. Because right. Dylan, um, you know, I wasn't aware for the first like three or four years of her life. So I transferred some of my trauma. Mm. And so she still has some of those habits that we have to work through. But Spirit always tells me she needed that sprinkling of toxicity in order to have an understanding of both sides because she's watching me heal. She's Mm, actively watching me heal. And I've said to her before, we're doing this together. Right. We're doing, I don't know what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but we're doing it together. Right. So as you learn, I'm learning. And if you got something to tell me, let me know. Because you know, these babes, the mouths. Oh yes. Like they'll let you know. They definitely have that. So so I'm you know, I'm able to do that in my parent I think it's because I've done it in my parenting. I can afford it to others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I would say um, that really struck me when I first met you yeah. uh, and in observing you with the children and then with all of the, the ladies around who are part of our co-op um, is that you you bring this level of honesty and transparency that I think people miss out on. Mm-hmm. There's such a comfort and a calm when you can trust somebody to always keep it real with you. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up in relationships, in friendships in particular, where we think somebody's not keeping it 100. Yeah. So we're always overthinking, did they really mean what they said? Or mm-hmm. is that really? Or did they? And I just, I never see that with you. Yeah. I, I'm always able to honor that not only are you able to be honest, but you're also taking into account, like, honesty doesn't have to be given, like, a shotgun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be given, like, a smack across the face. Mm-hmm. You can be honest. You can be open with someone. You can say, here's what I see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And, I mean, it definitely helps that you, you know, deal in astrology because right. it really helps bring things into perspective in moments when maybe somebody doesn't really know even why they're doing something. Yeah. And to be able to be so you're so considerate you're so thoughtful about a moment somebody's having or you're always looking for ways to understand them like how beautiful would it be if everybody had an aunt dot who could just be like you know what let me look at your chart real quick (laughs) before they smack you into oblivion right right to be like you know what actually i see this i see this mars and cancer right so i see you being very passive aggressive i'm gonna let you right right i'm gonna let you hold on to that one right 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 (laughs) and then to still be able to even articulate to them like oh baby right this is what you're going through it's gonna be all right you know grab some sage here's some tea put your feet up right we're just gonna put this blanket over you for the next 12 hours and when we remove it everything will be okay you know right hopefully yeah but like i said there's just this comfort and calm of like again that deep level of compassion consideration being that girlfriend and that mom that like when somebody's off you're not immediately jumping to like attack them or tear them down or even judge them right you know what i mean just to have judgment-free friends that are are first willing to just look at the whole picture Mm. taking into account count other things that might be affecting you especially if you're like this isn't really how you normally are right the fact that you pay enough attention to somebody to know how they normally are Mm -hmm. like that's huge it shows your love language when people pay attention to people they care about it's not just so that they can be in their business you really use it as an opportunity to like love on them and give back to them like i noticed these things and so here's how i can help you if you want it that you just explained to a t my um 
perception or my breakdown of acts of service. Because wow. acts of service to me is not always doing something um, physical. Mm-hmm. It is being present and then servicing that person and what they need in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think you made a really, really good point about how we parent versus um, how we show up in our friendships. Right. And that is like a ding, ding, ding moment because if we are the sucky friend right. or if we don't have friends or if we're constantly saying things like, um, oh, well, I don't trust females mm-hmm. and I, 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 but you have a daughter. Yeah. We have to look at these things because we're now teaching yes. our daughters not to trust women moving forward. We're now teaching right. our children how to be what are, what are some toxic things we do in friendships? Being petty or mm-hmm. being overly or overly aggressive, non-confrontational. All the things that our kids watch us do with our friends, they right. end up doing. And yeah. we do it to our kids. Yeah. Because this is how we are relating internally. Yeah. Mm. What are some other things you think that happens um, when we parent? Our, like, what are some things that we can look out for? Because if we're doing it better as a parent, we'll be able to do it better as like a friend. Absolutely. Or a partner. Or a partner. Yeah. One of the main things is definitely how we speak to our children. Mm -hmm. I think when we're not taking into account that like the way that we speak to our children, if someone spoke to us that way, it would be deemed as disrespectful. It would be deemed as insensitive. Yeah. You know, um, just taking into account that like I think people often forget being a parent is a gift and you have an opportunity to really love on these children before they go out into the world and replicate what they learn or search out what they didn't get from us. Yes. So um, the way that we speak to our children is so key. And I noticed that with Um, friends from another lifetime for me, you know, a very long time ago, um, I noticed that the way that they spoke to their parents, the conversations, the arguments and things like that, especially ones who were just vulgar, curse your mama out, you guys could fight in the street and like still come back to the house, you know, later on in the evening and go to bed and not have to speak to each other. Wow. Like it was just like, it was so toxic, but it was so eye-opening to me mm-hmm. when those friends had children. And then I would hear them telling their children, shut up, or I don't give a damn about him crying, and uh, he can go to his room, and I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. Okay, now you're grounded. Okay, now you're in trouble for showing your feelings and emotions, mm. um, physically harming their children because they were, you know, expressing themselves or speaking up. So mom's punching their, you know, sons in the chest and expecting like, oh, well, because he's a boy, he should be able to handle this. He's going to get in fights later or, you know, he's going to have to, you know, um, handle himself later. So like this shouldn't be a, a problem. No, but it is a problem. You're creating all of that. Yes. And so now when your son is in a relationship with a woman Girl. and he's beating her and he's in and out of jail and you're sitting in on his court cases and you want us to come and support you because your son might be getting a couple years for this domestic case he now has. I'm looking at her like, you know what? This is why I spend so much time like pushing away from our interactions because I know that you're capable of treating me this same way. Absolutely. You think that it's okay because you and your mom had a relationship where you could cuss her out and then y'all could go to the club after. 
So in your female friendships, in your friendships with women, you see your friends as people you can do the same thing with. Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Okay, I was mad and I said some things. Get over it. She an Aries. She was. I get you. It's a mess. Ow. Um, so I was just like, you know, wow, I really have to be careful about the kind of friends that I'm choosing because like you said earlier, like we're grown, we have an opportunity to look at that and be like, you know what, that was wrong. Yeah. I should not have engaged in that type of a relationship with my mother. She taught me it was normal. I know that it's not. So I'm going to have to do some work to rewire myself, reprogram myself and to uh, to utilize the tools that I need to have healthier relationships yeah. as opposed to expecting that your closest friends and girlfriends are going to make room for you to be toxic with them. That's a no-no for me, which is Absolutely. why I said it was a long time ago mm-hmm. because I literally had to sit down and look at the friends that I had around me and realize I wouldn't want you around my daughter. Mm, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm worried about your daughter being around my daughter because mm. I know that these things get passed down. Yeah. And if we get into a, a disagreement and it's okay to you to curse me out or talk to me crazy, disrespect me, you know, tear up stuff in my house or try and fight me mm. or to, you know, slander my name in public... All of those things I am now accountable for because I saw that in you. I knew that those are the things that you would bring into this friendship. Mm -hmm. So instead of me trying to change you and fix you and plead with you not to do that, and then I'm going through all the feels of being hurt and being damaged, what I needed to, to come to terms with is I needed to find friends who show up like I show up. Yes. And accept that everybody is not your friend. There are some people who are meant to be your associates. There are some relationships that are meant to stay platonic. And Mm. that's okay. They have their space. Girl, I need to learn more about that platonic. (laughs) Especially when it comes to the men. I'd be like, oh, no, you my husband. (laughs) No, that wasn't your husband. Like, go that way. Yes, yes. But yes, I hear you. I hear you. You had made this statement one time about how... Um, that when men show up, they're showing up as people that need healing and you mistake that right? as um, that that's supposed to be a romantic relationship. Right. And that like resonated so much with me because wow. when this thing first initially started, when the healing journey first started, um, I was like, oh, my God please don't ever let me come across a male healer because I'm going to fall in love with him. Mm. And you know what? I have not yet. Wow. I have not yet. I keep coming across men who need healing. Right. And I'm like, damn it, I need to reword that. Right. <laughs> like, who is listening? We know. We yes, know who's yes, listening. Indeed. But- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. But I want to thank you so much for coming on Yay. Uncoupled Harmony. You were amazing. <laughs> but I knew that. I knew that. Thank you. Thank Let you. Let the people know where they can um, follow you and all the things. Absolutely. Well, I am definitely on social media. For more um, relationship coaching, life coaching, business coaching, career coaching, education coaching, I do all of the things. Mm -hmm. You can find me at Harmony Awakened on Instagram. And if you really want just more isolated coaching around parenting and family, then you can find me at Parenting with Harmony. Um, I'm also a vegan chef. I love to talk about food and health and fitness and how a plant-based diet can really help to contribute to you having healthy relationships and how you feel 
will based on the foods that you eat. So if you want to be able to um, learn more about just how I incorporate um, healthy eating habits and things like that um, into a routine to help with um, promoting healthier relationships, you can find me at Vegan Groupie LLC um, or More Vegan Pasta, M-O-O-R, Vegan Pasta underscore MVP. You got all the Instagrams. I all really do. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to keep the business separate. You do, you, you do. Have to keep them yes. Separate. Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, that's it. And also parentingwithharmony.com, right? Correct. Yes. The other websites are coming for 2021. I'm doing a bit of a revamp, but you can definitely find me at parentingwithharmony.com. And there's a link there for people who are looking for CPR training if you want that to click on that, or you can go to cprwithharmony.com. Nice lovely thank you so much for joining us you're welcome um we'll be back to our regular schedule next week and if not i got all the moms yeah so you know it might be uncoupled with jay next week we don't know we don't know (laughs) okay bye